I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Once we become parents, we don't magically know it all or have all the answers. But thankfully, we have a Heavenly Father who says, I love you, I see you, and still calls us His child. He's able and willing to strengthen us and teach us what we need to know to overcome the struggles that we face in our family. Beyond our everyday roles and responsibilities, we moms and dads have certain expectations for ourselves regarding what we should provide for our family. However, not if, but when we don't meet those expectations, it can be challenging. We can get discouraged and doubt our purpose. In moments like these, we can turn to our Heavenly Father and be reminded that we are not alone. Great men and women in Scripture struggled too and showed us how to go to God and get the wisdom and provision we need. In the Midnight Dad devotional, Dr. Mark Pitts and Becky Thompson build on this with 100 moments of people connecting with God and Scripture so that dads can discover courage and strength and be challenged in their roles. In my conversation with them, we talk more about the details of this devotional, the unique struggle dads face, and how we can encourage and pray for them. Plus, we discuss ways that we can teach our kids to support the dads in our lives. At the end of this episode, I want you to think about one way that you can encourage a dad in your life. Reach out with a card, a call, or even a text and let them know how much you value them. I am thrilled to announce that our signature course is now open for registration. We're calling it the Imagine, Plan, and Build the Family Life You Want online course. It has everything you need to tame your crazy schedule, prevent decision fatigue, and create connections with your kids that will last a lifetime. It's a step-by-step guide to determine your core values, identify your passions, and create practices for them, choose language around what matters, and craft a family manifesto that will inspire you to live a life you love. The course takes place in a private Facebook group where you'll be able to watch the modules, connect with other families taking the course, encourage one another, and share your progress. We'd love for you to join us. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash the course for more details. Plus, I'll link to it in the show notes. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Mark Pitts and Becky Thompson. Becky is a best-selling author and the creator of the Midnight Mom devotional community, gathering over 1 million moms in nightly prayer. Speaking hope into the struggle of balancing life as a wife, mother, and daughter of God, Becky has become the voice of modern Christian motherhood. You can learn more about Becky's top Christian podcast, Revived Motherhood, or find more of her work by visiting beckythompson.com. Becky lives near Nashville with her husband, Jared, and their three children. Mark is a graduate of the University of Tulsa Law School. He's an ordained pastor and a well-known Bible teacher in the Oklahoma City, Oklahoma area, where he lives with his wife, Susan. They've been married for 41 years and have two adult daughters and three grandchildren. In 2019, Mark created the Midnight Dad devotional online community with his daughter, Becky Thompson, the creator of the Midnight Mom devotional. Mark enjoys teaching scripture and praying for dads. And Becky to the podcast. It is fantastic to have you here today. Absolutely. I'm really, really thankful and uh, blessed to be here with you this afternoon. 
Okay, so a question we ask all of our guests, and you guys can take turns answering this question, is what is your family known for? And even though you're related, I'm sure like you guys might have different things, right? Because you're not in the same house anymore. I'll (laughs) I'll start with this one. You know, we've just been a family that's always been known for prayer. And for generations, this is just who we are and what we do. If somebody has a need, they know that they can call and ask us. And we won't say, oh, we're sending you thoughts or, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're just going to think about you. No, we're going to stop what we're doing. We're going to bring you to the father and we're going to ask him on your behalf to do whatever needs to be done, believing that he's going to answer. So I guess it kind of seems a little cliche, but I think that's one of the hallmarks of our lives. Generation after generation is prayer. Well, we've been, and, and we've been in ministry for ever since Becky was quite young. We've been in ministry, uh, pastoral ministry, prayer ministry, revival ministries. These are the things that we have done for a very, very long time, and it's been part of our life. It's been part of how we brought Becky up uh, to live in that expectation of, of, of living in a ministerial life and reaching out to people. And not just in a in a in a social justice sort of way, but in terms of spiritual encouragement and spiritual uh, blessing for other people, using the power of the Holy Spirit to touch people's lives. That's that's it, just been our entire family's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you guys like to do together when you get together when you see each other? I'll go uh, for it. We go we, for it. <laughs> here's the thing. You know, some families hike and some you know families travel and go on cruises and things like that. Our family just really likes to have a good meal and talk. I mean, I don't, we're not big goers, truthfully, unless we're on some sort of ministry assignment. We just really enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I wish I could be like, oh, sports or, you know, crafting. <laughs> it's just not us. We really just love to be with one another. And yeah. so anytime we can get everybody together, that's, that's what you'll find us doing. Just And ever since, and ever since I have grandchildren. Uh, ever since I have grandchildren, that's our life. I mean, they're right. obviously uh, Becky and Jared's children and our grandchildren. And so when we're together, it's just, uh, you know, all no holds, no holds barred. We're just enjoying each other's company. We're mm-hmm. out and about and, and visiting other members of the family. So it's just, as she said, it's just a matter of being together mm-hmm. and enjoying life. So when the grandkids come to stay with you or visit, what do they know they're going to get from you? Like, what are they are like when we go to their house? Nighttime Target. Nighttime Target. (laughs) What's that? Nighttime nighttime Target is something that ever since the kids have been very, very young, we've had the opportunity to just sort of bless them. They get out to walk around and see the sea. But when they lived in a smaller town, they live in the Oklahoma City area is a bigger space, a larger environment. And uh, we just go shopping and look at toys and and just just share their fun, you know, mm-hmm. and allow them to have fun because really that's what uh, grandparents are are all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the fun part about nighttime Target when you're little is that you don't usually get to go out when it's dark. I mean, when you're yeah. a little bitty, the sun goes down and you're in bed. So Nana and Papa came up with a super fun idea and said, let's go to nighttime Target, not just daytime Target for a new toy. Let's go wander around and see what kind of treasures we can find, you know, past 8 p.m. And that yeah. was just the coolest thing. So they yeah. love going try, to nighttime and, Target. And trying to get them to eat a meal, a dinner meal before we're going to nighttime Target, you might just forget it. It's, that is <laughs> They're not, too excited to get happening. there. Yes. And then, uh, there'll be, then there'll be plenty of snacks and everything before bedtime. So yeah. uh, after that. 
Of course. My mom has a, a plaque or a sign on at her house that says, what happens at grandma's stays at grandma's. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So talk to us about your new devotional. Is this like a nighttime devotional? I mean, it's called Midnight Dad Devotional. <laughs> kind of like Midnight Target. <laughs> kind of like, yeah, I'll start. So, you know, the ministry of the Midnight Mom Devotional and Midnight Dad Devotional actually began four or five years ago now. I had already written a couple of books. And so I had a following online who were just kind of coming along and saying, hey, we want to hear more from you. And I had brand new little kids. And Mm so I was up late at night feeding my babies and I just felt so alone. So I started posting literally at midnight, just an encouraging word for other moms who might be awake, you know, changing a diaper, worried about their teenager, who knows why, you know, moms are awake and dads are awake at all hours of the night. And so the name of the ministry came from that, you know, need to feel seen and need community and the need for community even at midnight. But truthfully, the book and the ministry and things have grown. And so it might be called the Midnight Dad Devotional, but really, whether you're up worrying about your kids late at night or you're up first thing in the morning heading off to work before your family's even awake, this is a devotion where dads can hear at the heart of their father in heaven who teaches them how to be you know, the best dad they can be. Mm-hmm. One of the things we started to, uh, thinking about right away was that uh, when we began, when we began the Midnight Dad devotional, it sprang out of the Midnight, midnight Mom, and moms and dads have different different responsibilities. They have different worries. They have different things that they think about and, and plan for during their day and their evenings. And so we came to understand right away that we wanted to connect the dads in the same space that the moms were connected, but we also really came to understand and believe that it would move forward into the morning, that lots of times a dad's going to get up in the morning and, and uh, he might, he's, he may have plenty of things to do before he goes to bed and things he's got to take care of, just like moms do. They have different types of worries, different types of, of thoughts that they think about. So in the morning when they would get up, we anticipated, and it, it, it bears true in our, in our community that most of the dads are seeing this first thing in the morning before they get started in their day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Becca, you told us a little bit about the Midnight Moms community. So as you began to work with your dad and transition into the dad space, what was the main message that you as a mom wanted to communicate to dads? You know, there's really one message that we share for parents in all season situations, moms, dads, aunts and uncles, but specifically moms and dads. And that's, you have a father who sets this perfect example of what a parent's love can look like. And so while our message speaks to motherhood and speaks to fatherhood, the reality is we're actually teaching parents how to look to God, not just in their roles as parents, but in their sonship, in their Mm -hmm. daughtership, in being a child of God, Mm -hmm. because it's from that position that you really understand who you get to turn and then be to your children. Mm-hmm. And so in all things, especially as a mom speaking to dads, I wanted her to, I wanted him to know that he has a father who is good, no matter what his dad has been like. He has a father who is steady, no matter what his life is like. You know, he has a father who provides no matter the season or situation. And so I'm a mom, but I'm also a wife. I'm also a daughter. I have all of these roles. And in my relationships, with the men in my life, with my father, who has been just this example of our heavenly father's love my entire life. I've, I've looked at my husband and thought, you know, I see how he needs God to step in and be his strength and be his source of wisdom and be his 
is constant encourager. And so that's mm-hmm. what I love about the devotions that dad has written here and that we got to co-write together. Dad always calls up the men and I'll let him speak into that just a little bit. But for me, I wanted, I wanted dads to know that encouraging them matters, that we see them, you know, so often as moms, we're looking at ourselves, we're going, I've got all these needs. I'm carrying the mental load when really the dad is dealing with so much more than we might realize because he might not be as vocal about the struggles or the weights Mm -hmm. or the things he's just carrying internally. So dad always calls fathers up into their best selves, reminding them that there is always a better or best to the good that they already are. So I'll let him speak into that just a little bit. Yeah, I think, yes, I think so. I think that there's a, a phrase that I use and a description that I use about for the dads. And that is, I want them to aspire, want them to, to reach up and then also to be inspired by God, to understand that in their, when they become inspired, they're going to reach up, keep my hands down. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to reach up to that place where God is to reach up, to find God's heart, to see where his, his best self lives because a father's best self, a dad's best self lives in his father's best self in his heavenly father's best self. He may or may not have had the, the father that we all believe is television, but perhaps, but, but, but his best self is going to be that person, that God, that heavenly self, that heavenly father, that's going to cause him to want to reach up and, and, and do more and be more and, 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 and want to be the, the creator and the supporter and the provider. All of those things that God is in his life, moms have different responsibilities. Like Susan's, uh, like Becky said, they have different, she has different responsibilities. And, and sometimes she sees them up from, up, up front, close and personal. Dad's taking his to work. He's bringing him home. The responsibilities that he has, he doesn't always speak about those, but he knows that his heavenly father is supporting him. He -hmm. knows that if he asks for wisdom, if he asks for peace, if he asks for provision, he'll get it. And that's what we wanted to do with the Midnight Dad devotional. Understand and help him understand that his source is in his heavenly father. His true source is in his heavenly father. And that whatever he needs, he's going to be the one that seeks after his heavenly father. And then he can provide that strength. He can provide that wisdom. He can provide that provision to his family. That's what the Midnight Dad devotional is about. Yeah, that's good. I love that you mentioned the idea of, we sometimes forget that we are sons and daughters when we become parents. We forget to see ourselves through that lens. And so when you mentioned that idea of us being able to look up and see ourselves as sons and daughters, that's how we get filled up so that we can then be parents. Because I think that we think we're supposed to have all the answers and that we're supposed to know it all and carry it all. And then we weren't meant to do that just because we had a child. That's exactly right. And you know, what's so great is you know, in the Midnight Dad devotional specifically, we give examples of men throughout scripture who interacted with God as a father, who interacted with God as a friend, who interacted with God in their life in similar ways to we get to the ways that we get to interact with our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at these great men in scripture and these great women in scripture, and we see the position of how we interact, the the 
great thing is these are people who are not removed from our struggles. These are people who aren't so distant from the things that we went through. These are people who needed wisdom and God provided it. These are people who needed God to be the provider for financial situations that they were facing. And he provided it. You know, these are people who went through real struggles and real situations and taught us about the nature of our heavenly father. And through their examples in scripture, we can then turn and see how God meets our needs as well. And, and so throughout the book, it's a hundred moments of people interacting with God in scripture, pointing out who our heavenly father is as a father so mm-hmm. that he can connect to the dad's heart. Yeah. You've mentioned a few times, both of you, about how sometimes we don't see or know or understand the struggles that our dads or our husbands go through. So can you talk to us a little bit about what those struggles are? Yeah. What is your experience with dads and what do they struggle with? I understand that our society and our economy has made it such that that moms and dads both are involved in the in very similar day-to-day very similar day-to-day uh, problems childcare uh, finances where they can fl- where they are to get whether the where they are the same and where they are different yet at the same time i tend to think that dads dads begin their role as a dad, expecting to be the provider, expecting to be the one who pr- protects and provides and, 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 and has the spiritual strength to lead and guide his family. There may be differences and there may be similarities in how both of the mom and the dad work together and raise the children. But I think dads, when they started, they had the idea that this was going to be my responsibility. This is going to be my role and I'll share it and we'll share it together. But this is the one that I carry in my heart. I'm going to be the provider. I'm going to be the protector. Just exactly the way his heavenly father is. When we read throughout scripture, our heavenly father is the protector. He is the provider. He keeps us safe. He keeps us, he cares for us. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. That's a role that I believe that dads take on. And I think moms are often without trying to uh, limit them and and dis, and 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 dismiss the things, the very real things that they go through. I want the, I, I believe dads look for the higher, greater expectation that their heavenly father places on them. And when they do that, when they decide to take on that role as their heavenly father has provided for them, they also will then take on and experience and be able to provide for their families even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think some of the things that dads are facing, you know, and some of the struggles that they're facing, going back to the question that you asked and what dad just said there is, you know, they're wondering, am I going to be able to do it? Am I going to be able to have the expectations that I have for myself, you know, lived out? Am I going to be able to meet my own set of, you know, I want to provide or I want to protect or I want to do all of this. And so, you know, I think mom's often think, am I ruining my kids? You know, like, am I doing something here that's going to have like some lasting impact that's going to say something about me as a mom? I'm not sure my husband has ever thought that, you know, I'm not sure that my husband has ever been like, oh gosh, am I ruining these kids? You know, I think he's like, am I raising these to be people of integrity? Are my children going to grow and and follow my example? Am I setting the standard in my home? Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, pointing out these different situations that, that they're facing. I think moms and dads both have expectations they place on themselves, but I think mm-hmm. dads do wonder, you know, am I going to be able to take care of this family that's mine to protect and mine yeah. to provide for? And that's what we just keep pointing dads back to their heavenly father. And I know I almost feel like a broken record here on this interview because I'm thinking, how many times can you say we just point them back to the father? But it's so true because, you know, where's the answer? It's in him. What do you need? It's in him. You know, who are you? You'll find it in him. And so this is why we can have a hundred devotions that connect you to the father because there's a hundred points of contact where a father's life matches up with his heavenly father. Yeah, that's good. So how how can we, besides pointing him back to the father, (laughs) how can we encourage our dads in this area? And then what does prayer have to do with that? Absolutely. Well, I can, I'll start while dad's thinking about what he wants to say there. But, but I think for me, just looking at my husband and being like, Hey, are you okay? Like, it seems so simple, but as moms, we focus so much on ourselves and our kids. Actually, I wrote a whole book on that about how you can get so focused on your kids and making sure that they're okay, that you almost just want your husband to just be okay. You know, we can just be like, can you just take care of yourself? Because I've got a lot that I'm responsible for here. Like I've got three of them or two of them, or even just one of them. And and you're just going to need to be an adult man and worry about yourself, you know, (laughs) be an adult man and just worry about yourself. But just looking at, at the dads and going, you know, I just want you to know even beyond Father's Day that I value the role that you play in our children's lives. I value the way that you speak to them. I value the way that you lead them. I value the way that you protect us from all things, even things that go unseen. Gosh, I feel like just acknowledging that they need that affirmation and that it will it will bless their hearts is the first step in encouraging a dad to look mm-hmm. and see them. You know, he might, he doesn't need flowers. He might like flowers. Stop. I won't get into generals. <laughs> it's fine. But you know what I mean? He doesn't need the types of affirmation that I do. Like yeah. for me personally, and I'm only speaking about Becky here, not all women, but he, he might not need the constant encouragement, but he does deserve to hear. I see the role that you play in our family's health and I value it and it's important. And I feel like mm. that goes a really, really long way. Yeah. I do think, I do think that men, dads, an expectation, I think scripture tells us that dads have an, ex, have an expectation of respect. In other words, that if a dad has a role to, a dad has a role to play, he is a father. He is a father first. He's always going to be a father as long as he has children and that he's always going to be a father. And I think sometimes in our society and in our, in our culture, we conflated parenting and fatherhood. And I think that there are, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think every dad has all knowledge, skills, and abilities that moms that that moms do. We 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 have a different understanding about our relationship with our children. I believe, and so when we talk about when we talk about how can we make our how can we help our dads move forward, I believe that the scripture tells us that they deserve and they 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 need respect. That what they have said. The plans that they have made, the expectations that they have, the the opportunities that they are that they are taking to protect, to provide. When the when they hear that, that's a really good idea. I'm glad you did that. 
Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for providing for us. I know how hard it was. I know how hard it is. I know you get up every morning and you get in your truck and you drive from six o'clock in the morning and you get home at, at eight o'clock at night. I understand that. Or I'm working wherever I'm working, whatever I'm doing, that's hard work. And 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 to allow that father, to allow that dad to have that space, knowing that he has done everything he possibly could and everything he possibly can to provide for his family, just hearing it, just having the expectation or the knowledge that his family, that his that his his spouse and or his children understand what dad went through. A dad, when he hears that, that moves everything. I used to say, best word in the English language is daddy from your child who understands the relationship that he has with them and that they have with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that because, you know, I was just listening to him say the difference between, you know, being a parent and being a father and, you know, parenting sometimes feels like the decisions that you make with schools and homework and are they going to go see these friends today or are they not going to see these friends today? But fatherhood is more of relationship, you know, like I want to know you, I want you to know me as your father Mm -hmm. and not just as the man who makes the rules or, or the man who supports mama who makes the rules or Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like in your home. I want you to know me so that as you grow, your understanding of what a man is or what a father should be is rich. You know, we, we want that to be more than just discipline. We want it to be relationship. And, and that's what we offer. Again, that's what's in the book. It's just relationship. It's the opportunity to see dad, your heavenly father, as, as a dad, not just yeah. as the man who made the rules and walked away, but as the dad who's involved in your life in every season and every situation. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why we get back to, that's why we get back to his relationship with his heavenly father. He learns about being every single day. He learns about being a father, about being a dad from his heavenly father. He has no other mentor. He has no other, he has no other place to go. His, I suppose, his earthly father, perhaps, and, and the men that he lives with or that he that he interacts with in his daily life, perhaps. But his best mentor, his best role model is God. Mm-hmm. And there is no better role model. And that's what we try to do in the Midnight Dad devotional to put men, see, help them see themselves in scripture where God interacted with men in scripture and gave these all of these men different attributes of God. And the father can and the dad can read this book and say, that's me. I went through what it might not have been something just like that, but it wasn't far off. And I can see that what this man need, what this man received in scripture is exactly what I need to now, right now, exactly what I'm going to need when I read this scripture today or read this devotional today. I'm getting it from God. I'm not getting it from just, you know, any, any place else or any, you know, any other, any other source, I'm getting it from my heavenly father. That's what I really want. That's the best stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kimberly, I really like how you asked how prayer plays a role in that. Because at the end of the day, prayer isn't just how we speak to the the God, the father. Prayer isn't just how we speak to our father. Prayer is listening for what our father says back to us exactly. and what yes. his spirit points us to Yes, uh, mm-hmm. in his word. And so that ongoing relationship, it's its the source, it's the daily bread. It's everything that we need to face everything that we have up ahead of us. And there are no answers that we will find anywhere else outside of the heart of the father. There's, there's no answers 
outside of him. Uh, You might find it from a friend that he spoke through. You might find it from, you know, wisdom that someone wrote in a book that he led. You might find it from your pastor that he's, you know, ministering through, but he is the source. And so you, and reminding dads that they have the ability to go directly to him without any middleman, without any other input or influence that they can just go and share their heart with their father, trusting that he isn't just going to provide an answer in some, you know, external way, but speak directly to their heart. That's, that's a really important thing. And so as we, as wives, as mothers, as sisters, as people who have dads in our lives, think about praying for for these dads, we just bring them to the father and then we listen, God, what, how, how can I, how can I encourage him this week? How can I show him that I've got stuff going on, but his stuff matters too. How can I thank him? How can I honor him? How can I respect him? Mm. Uh, And that's the source of prayer. It's so good. Yeah. So as we wrap up, besides modeling, how can we teach our kids to encourage their dads? You know, this is a great thing. I'm not sure that there are a lot of examples other than modeling, you know, I mean, the life is the best teacher. And so as if I am a mom and I'm constantly nagging my husband, I'm sorry, tuck your toes in ladies, tuck your toes in if you don't want to step on any, any feet. But if I am constantly nagging my husband and pointing out the things that he's failing to do, and not saying just as often how proud I am of him and how yes. grateful we are as a family, that I am cutting, I am a woman who's destroying her house with her own hands. Mm-hmm. And I am cutting down the support beams around her. And and so this is this is something that you have to model. This is something you have to model. If imagine, just let's just pause for a second, you know. Interview set aside. Let's just really think about this. You've got a mom. She's walking through the house. Her arms are full of the groceries she just brought in. She's got a backpack over her shoulder because some kid left it in the car. She's got a million things that she's thinking about. And her husband comes in and he's not thinking at all about what she's got in her hands. And if her first response is, aren't you going to help me? Which is what she wants to say, right? It makes her children look and go, oh, look, dad doesn't help. When in reality, dad's probably thinking about all of the things, maybe he just walked in the door, maybe he's been doing something else. And if she just said, you know what, I bet you had a really long day. Do you mind helping me with this? Like just our tone, gosh, just our tone changes everything. And so teaching our children how to respect first teaches them how to honor their dad, teaches them then how to encourage because you can't encourage unless you first respect. You have no authority where you have no love. Mm. And so this is something that I've heard spoken into my life from other great authors. That's not mine. I won't claim it. Don't quote Becky Thompson on you have no authority where you have no love, but it doesn't make it any less true. You have to love and you have to model love for your children to be able to love and encourage. And that's just the bottom line. I think I think that dads take some responsibility for this. I mean, if dad's a ne'er-do-well, if dad is gone and then disappears when he gets home, he's not going to be too worthy of respect. And just straight up, it's that's just the way that's his children know their parents. And if dad is not scripture says honor thy father and mother. Well, you know, sometimes Dad's not very honorable. And so it's hard to it's hard to honor him. Moms can do that. 
But dads take a role in that. Dads have a responsibility for that. Dads, listen, I'm telling you right now, okay, if you're not honoring your mom, the mom in your house, if you're not honoring your wife, if you're not honoring the mother of your children, your children know that. They hear it. They see it. They know it. I have a rule in our house when we were growing up. If mom, if, if mom is working, nobody sits. Because what mom is doing is what is important to the entire household. Dad may have worked his 12-hour shift, and he may be home on the weekend. But right now, mom didn't get to stop working while he was out. She continued working all that time. Listen, dads, when your children hear you say that, when your children hear you respect their mother, they will, you will then become worthy of their respect. I, I'd love to make it so that it's all on moms or all on, all on the children to, yes, love dad. And gosh, isn't he the greatest guy? But you know what, dads, you're going to have to step up. You're going to have to be the dad that a child can recognize us. I want to be like that guy. I want to be like my dad because he knows what it means to love, honor, and respect other people. And he loves my mother. And he loves me. That's the best way to do it, dads. Take some responsibility. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. Well, that's amazing. And I'm so excited for our listeners to check out your new book, Midnight Dad Devotional. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. much. Thank you so much. You can find Becky at beckythompson.com. She's on Instagram as Becky Thompson Author. Also on Facebook, you can find the Midnight Dad Devotional and the Midnight Mom Devotional. We'll link to all of this in the show notes. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life what we get right, and what we get wrong, too. You can find me at at Kimberly Amici, and you can find the podcast at at Build Your Best Family. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. <laughs>